All right, here are four secrets to starting new habits that will stick. Not just starting new habits, but ones that will stick. How about that? All right, here we go. Number one, make it small. Okay, make it small. So the fastest way to do big things is to consistently do the small, right things. So too often, I think, um, we, th- we think that we need to build a massive super habit. I talked about this earlier. To become the, you know, the person or the leader that we want to become. But that's not actually true. It's better if your new habit is, is very, very, very small. So, and the reason why that's, that's true is because, uh, well, to paraphrase Isaac Newton, he said this, it's the law, first law of motion, an object at rest tends to stay at rest, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So your habits are the same way. A small habit is much easier to put in a motion than, into motion than, than a big habit. You know, like it's a lot easier to steer a speedboat or jet ski than it is to steer the Titanic. Like the smaller, the more agile it's gonna be. So your habits are the same way. So a few examples of small habits that you wanna start. If you're saying, okay, this year I'm going to be more disciplined. So then you would change your, your I am statement and you would change it to I am disciplined. I'm a disciplined leader. But the habit that you start out of that comes a whole list of ideas of I need to change this and he change that, change this and change that. And we get so overwhelmed because there's so many or so big. Instead, like start with something small, like saying, okay, I am never going to hit the snooze button again. Okay. Right. So I'll get, so then what you can do, and I'll get this to, to this a little bit later, if that's your thing, that's, that's a small one, you're going, really, is that going to make a difference? You'd be surprised. And then you hit that, if you can't do it, if, you, if, if you're saying, oh, I failed on that, all the rest of it, I'm not disciplined, then your identity, we go back in the cycle. But if, if you can't, if they're saying, well, that's not small, that's big, what about move your phone outside, or your alarm clock outside of the reach your easy reach. So you actually have to get up to turn it off. So automatically, like, oh, I could never do that. There's an identity statement. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. If I don't hit my snooze button, I could make it to Blackwood before work. That would be like, anyway, we'll get to we'll that. Robbie, you had something? That is spectacular. Okay, well, good to know. (laughs) Yeah. 
Robbie comes to church on Sundays, no mustache or, or hair. Where, what happened? My cell phone overheated and my pillow started on fire. <laughs> yeah, that <would> be interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, here's another, like something small, like start small. If you want to be a, a more caring leader, then you say, okay, I am a leader that cares. But start by saying, I'm going to write one note of appreciation per day. One note, something small. Okay? Uh, if you want to be a leader who's focused, okay, say, okay, when I get to the office, uh, I want to be more focused. I am focused. That comes your I am statement. Then you say, okay, when I get to the office, I'm going to start my day by writing down my top three priorities. Whatever that might be. So, like, whatever, house, however small, like, start, start small. Okay, by creating any small movement, you're likely to get more movement going. Small, wise habits compound over time. Um, small changes can, you know, ca cascade into other areas of your life. So when deciding what habit you want to start this year, make it small. I think it was uh, Craig Rochelle who said that uh, he, his New Year's resolution, instead of doing all these New Year's resolutions, every year for the last 20 years, he's said, there's one habit I'm going to introduce this year. And he says, they're stupid small. Like he said, one year, he said, I'm going to start flossing. The floss, yeah, the dance. Right? And he says, I hate flossing. I did, did, did. And then he had, he had to, but he had to do it. Just that one, that was one little habit. He says, I'm going to do do that. And like every year, there'd be one more thing. And he says, it doesn't seem like much, but after 20 years, he says, all of a sudden, you have a bunch of um, small habits, dance routines. There you go. <laughs> Jacob Reese said this, when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stone cutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a perhaps hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it, yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not that last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. Start small. Number two, make it obvious. Make it obvious. So if you want to change what you do or how you lead, change what you see. Okay, so if you want to change what you do or how you lead, change what you see. And this is, comes back to what I talked about earlier about environment. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Um, for example, people tend... I don't know if you guys know this, but they're coming to church. They're, lots of them are shocked, especially the unchurched. They come into church and they think that they have to be dressed a certain way and they, tend, they think they have to be quiet. And then they come to our church and they're like, what is this? Because their, their perception is, is but, but isn't it true? Like you walk into a funeral home, your voice is going to come down. And it's just, a, it's an environment. There might not be anybody in there, but it feels wrong to talk really loud in a funeral home. Anybody else? It's like it feels off. Anybody else knows that? It feels wrong to walk into certain environments and talk quiet. Right? It feels wrong. Like, 
So there, I mean, there's restaurants where you walk in and the conversation at that restaurant is going to be more subdued and quiet and intimate. And there's other restaurants where it's going to be, you're going to be very loud and boisterous and loud. Like, like environments matter. So environments is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. So you want to, when you're doing a, uh, changing a habit and one that's going to stick is you want to make it obvious by changing what you see. So changing environments, paying attention to environments. So if you want to remember to take your vitamins, right, set them next to your toothbrush every night if you brush your teeth in the morning. <laughs> if not, put your toothbrush out, right? So next to your coffee maker, yeah, or whatever it might be. <laughs> whatever you have it is, but put them in an obvious place. If you want to read, you know, uh, a book a week, you know, and you're saying, I, I, in order to do that, I need to read so much per day or whatever, put the book on your pillow. So when you go to bed at night, I'm going to read two pages tonight or da-da-da. Like, put it in an obvious, change what you see. Um, and it's amazing how all of a sudden the habit begins to form. James Clear said in here, this, like, this, is, this is interesting, James Clear said in here, if you want to become a jogger, he says, make it small. And your habit, he says, isn't to jog. You know, you, you were saying, I'm going to jog 10 miles a day. Good luck if that's your, you know, in starting, if you're just starting. Good luck with that. Um, he, says, he says, instead of starting there, he says, start by saying, I'm going to put my shoes, my tennis, my running shoes on in the morning. Like, just, I'm just going to put my shoes on. And he says, amazing, that's start small, first thing in the morning. And then he says, make it, make it obvious. He says, I put my shoes by my bed. When I get up, they're like, whoop, they're right there by my bed. I'm going to put my shoes on. I'm still, I was like, I'd rather stay in bed. I put my shoes on. Well, now that I got my shoes on, I might as well run. Right? Like, and you're going, I mean, we can trick our minds, our brains in all these things. If you want to cut sugar out of your diet, it'd be wise to remove sugar from your pantry or your fridge or somewhere that's easily accessible, right? Because environments okay, matter, right? So whenever you change, whatever change you want to make, give yourself a virtual, a visual cue to do that habit. When you do this, you start begin to create this habit loop. Charles uh, Duhigg said this in another great book, um, The Power of Habit. He says he calls this loop the keystone habit. So he defines them as small changes or, or habits that people introduce into their routines that unintentionally carry over into other aspects of their lives. So if you have, that you, and this is interesting, when that whole power of habit and keystone habits, we had talked about this a number of years ago, as a staff, but the power of keystone habit is if you say there's one habit that becomes a trigger for other habits, like you have one positive habit that becomes a trigger for other habits. So when you identify what that habit is, it's amazing. So if you, for instance, if you've discovered that your habit is to eat healthy, or if you have, you know, instead of at lunch, instead of grabbing a burger, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat a salad or something like that. When, that might be the trigger that says, man, I want to go to the gym. Or it's going to trigger, I'm going to do this. If I'm doing that, I'm, like I might as well do that. It, or there's something like, 
If you do your daily devotions, it triggers something more discipline in another area. There's, there's a keystone habit. All of us have a keystone habit that if we do that one thing, it makes it easier to do the next habit. So find that keystone habit, create that habit, and then make it obvious to do that one thing, and it'll be easy, it'll make it easier for you to do the next. So making your desired action obvious will be the difference between good intentions and great results. So, which leads to number three. Number three is make it automatic. Okay, so make it automatic. We live our lives so much on autopilot, it's, it's amazing. Like, if I was to, ask, like, this is amazing. If, if I was to ask you, okay, what's your morning routine? What do you do every single morning? Like, what's your, you actually have to consciously think and go, okay, what, what, what do I do? Because you do it so automatically, all the same, all the time, right? I talked about the route that you take to, to, to your office or to work and all the rest, but sometimes you have to go, yeah, what street do I drive down again? Like, what? like you do stuff so much on autopilot that you're not even conscious of thinking about it, and you, it's like walking through step by step. What do I do next? What do I do next? And, and we get into these, these, these habits that we just forget. So... Here's the problem. Without intentionality, though, what's automatic is rarely what's most productive. Anybody notice this? So without intentionality, what's automatic is rarely what's most productive. Because the truth is, is we don't drift towards what is healthy. We drift towards what is easy. I don't drift towards lettuce. <laughs> right? We drift towards what is easy. Ice cream. It's easy. <laughs> Pastor Ralph was just trying to help me out a number of years ago by making it difficult instead of making it easy sending me pictures of the ice cream he brought back from Montana for me and then never and then eating it himself and never giving it to me twice this has happened takes a picture look at this I got a tub of Tillamook I was like you know months later where did it go and then he's like he's like man I was having Tillamook last night. I was like you still have Tillamook he's like yeah oh that was yours He's just trying to make it difficult so that I wouldn't have this habit. I'm all over. I've forgiven. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, we don't drift towards what is healthy. We drift towards what is easy. So excellence is never an accident. Excellence is always a result of intentional and consistent habits. So to make one habit this year automatic, you have to decide what you're going to do. So the 21 days of, of it takes to form a habit, the 21 days in forming a habit is never easy. It takes intention to form that habit. But eventually when it becomes a habit, it shifts from your conscience where you have to think about it and want it and desire it to where it becomes automatic to where it's, it, when it, become, it shifts there, it becomes automatic, then it becomes easy. So the, usually the first 21 days is the hardest. Like it, it's like I have to consciously think da da da, and then all of a sudden it becomes automatic. Hence the whole idea of changing the shower routine or whatever, and you reverse it. You have to consciously think for 21 days, 
or, or especially at the beginning, oh, I got to do this. Oh, yeah, I, I can't. And you have to consciously think until all of a sudden it becomes automatic. Then it becomes easy. Right? And then I became lazy and didn't want to shift it back. That's just the way it was. Um, but Because we drift towards what is easy. So to put this into practice, this is part of the triggers, which is what Brian was alluding to earlier, is, is, and that statement's in your notes, is that after I get up out of bed, not hit snooze, all the rest of it, I will make coffee. After I, I will do whatever. So after I make coffee, I will read uh, the Bible. After I finish a meeting, I will define one action step. After I arrive at the office, I will write down three priorities. Right? So it's, it's trying to make it automatic and realizing that habits, if we do this, if we do this after I, I will, you can cre you're basically creating triggers that become so automatic. So if you get into the routine, like in the morning saying, well, I want to do devotions or I want to I put that time in there. I don't have time to do that. It's like it takes effort for a while, but you start with making it automatic and saying, okay, well, after I make coffee, I will read the Bible. And it and takes 21 days basically to be consciously in doing that. And after that, like you'll be half asleep drinking your coffee and all of a sudden the first thing you do is grab for what's automatic, what's easy, it, and it's the Bible. So in, in the beginning, you can help with that trigger by putting the Bible beside the coffee maker or whatever it might be, is, is making it as easy as possible, making it automatic. Okay, so remember to keep it small. Your small, consistent habits determine who you become as a leader. Never underestimate your ability to start something big through one small habit. It's the small things no one sees that brings the results that everyone wants. We talked about that before. All right, number four is rethink success. Okay, so rethink success. So, so far, like we're making habits that stick, we're gonna make it small. Okay, small is, is good. Um, we're gonna make it obvious. I have a, a, a friend that, that said, you know, I wanna work out. And... Um, was this somebody that we knew, Tim? I'm trying to remember if that happened. But it said, I want, to, I want to work out. And they said, and they started small by saying, I'm just going to make a habit of driving to the gym. And they drive to the gym. And they sat in the parking lot. What's that? Yeah, or just going to walk into the building. Like, and, and sat in the parking lot for, for a while. That's in the book? There's, there's somebody, yeah, there's somebody that I knew that did this. But, and they said they, they went to the parking lot and for, for like two weeks never came in. Just drove the parking, but they kept that small habit, and eventually they're like, got the courage and the strength of going, I'm gonna go in, but I'm only gonna go in for 10 minutes. And went in for 10 minutes, and eventually it was like, it became a habit to where, it, but you start small little steps. Make it obvious, <coughs> make it automatic, and then rethink success. So too often, we don't view ourselves as successful until we accomplish the big goal. Right? We don't think, well, I'll be successful when, and we got that big goal. We think, I'll be successful when I lose this weight. I'll be successful when I, you know, do this. I'll be successful. But if we rethink it, if we rethink success, um, instead of waiting to view yourself as successful when you hit your goal, view yourself as successful when you practice the right habits today. 
right? And go, okay, today was a success. Today I was successful. Like not when I achieve something, but again, what Michael Todd said, right, is, is leaders underestimate the process and we need to make the process. We've got to fall in love with the process in order to be leaders. If you don't fall in love with the process, um, you'll never be a leader, which is amazing because there's a lot of people who are saying, yeah, Pastor Kelly, how can I become a pastor? I want to become a pastor like this. It's like, well, um, there is a process <laughs> to being able to, to do this. And, and, and are you going to fall in love with the process? And what's that process? And you start saying what the discipline is and what it takes and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, eh, I don't want to be a pastor that bad. <laughs> all right, I want to do, I want to be like, Hey, I want to be on the worship team. I want to be, I want to be on the team. Like, okay, because we see somebody standing up here and singing or playing their instrument and all the rest of it, and we don't see the, the practice and the hours of the, and the lessons and all the process that goes into it to get to the place where you can, can do that. And then we see people who audition and then get angry at us um, when we don't let them because they fall in love with the platform and not the process, and then we're going, eh. right? So it's the same thing. I want to be in this position in the church. I want to do this. Fall in love with the process. And this, we, sometimes we wait for promotion uh, to come to us, but promotion is, is often process plus character it equals promotion, right? So it's, it's saying it's doing stuff with just doing it and being the best at the process, but also is the character to say, I'm gonna do this without the title, without the accolades, giving somebody else the credit, I'm gonna do it anyway, and then watch what happens. Right? Promotion is somebody else's hand, usually, but the process and the character isn't. So fall in love with the process. So rethink success and saying success is not when I achieve this goal. Success is when I fulfill my habits for the day. I, did my, I didn't hit snooze today. Yes, I am the best. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Parallel Leaders, where we help you target and evaluate your organization, leadership, or growth department under the microscope of eight growth points to optimize your effectiveness as a leader.